Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Families are brilliant, aren't they? Uh, Generally brilliant. Okay, every now and again, um, we annoy each other. Uh, Every now and again, things are tough in families. Um, Sometimes we get stuff wrong. But generally, families are a good thing to be part of. Now, I don't think that's coincidence. Um, I think God invented family as something that we recognise is good. We we all sort of look at families and they're they're a good thing. And I think he puts us all in families to teach us all sorts of things about his family. Have you ever ever thought about that? God has a family. Um, Admittedly, it started quite small, just three people in it. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. But it was a family and it was the best family ever. Everyone in God's family looked out for everybody. And no one in God's family was ever selfish. Uh, In this family, they always put other people first. And everyone loved each other with a perfect love that worked out in practice. It's a brilliant family, God's family. It is the best family ever. And the good news is that God wants every single one of us to become part of his brilliant family. How good is that? There was a few nods there, that's quite quite good. Uh, Well, I hope you think it's a good thing because uh, the passage we're looking at today is about God's best family and how every one of us could become a part of it. Uh, We've been looking at um, Mark's um, book about Jesus in the Bible Um, and so you'll not be surprised to find out that becoming part of God's family has something to do with trusting who Jesus really is. Trusting who Jesus really is. Do you know what though? I think we, well, me included, loads of people, everybody probably, try to invent Jesus uh, as something that he really isn't. We try and make Jesus who we'd like him to be rather than accepting who he really is. And that's a bit daft. It's like um, going to the dentist and uh, thinking that the dentist, well, he's only there to sort of make you comfortable in a, in a big comfy chair and never even look at your mouth. Um, it's like uh, thinking that Paul Williams, our vicar, um, is only there to come round for more tea, vicar, uh, and nothing else. It's daft to control Jesus and make him, make him be something that he's really not. And not only is it daft, but it's actually quite dangerous too. Uh, we're going to find that out from our passage. Um, but I want you to remember something today. And so that you do remember it, um, we're going to be repeating something. And I need a couple of volunteers. So does anybody want to come and help me? It's not difficult. You get to sit in the comfy chairs at the front. It's easy. Ted, do you want to come and do one? Are you up for it? Thank you. Want somebody else? Anybody over this side? Great. Come on, Rich. Fantastic. <laughs> Can always rely on Curtly. Come and hold this for me. Sit there. There's your chair. Hold that one for me. Very exciting. It's like going back to Sunday school, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Great. So, uh, the thing that I'm hoping you go home to remember today more than anything else in this is rejecting Jesus is what? And you hold yours up, Ted. Rejecting Jesus is what? Really, really bad. Because it keeps us outside of what? Fantastic. Uh, You'll get it as we go along. Uh, Our little passage in Mark 3 shows us how two groups of people tried to change who Jesus was and in doing so risked missing out on the best family ever. So let's take a look. Um, Ted's already here, but the rest of the Crossley family are going to come and read from Mark 3 for us. Then Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. 
For they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth. All their sins and blasphemies, all their blasphemies of man will be forgiven by them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, for he is guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying, He has an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brother arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting round him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are looking for you outside. Who are my mother and brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Great, thank you very much. Ted, you've still got a job to do. Come on. Um, It's been pretty busy for Jesus. Uh, If you read the first bits of Mark's gospel, you'll find that he's been wandering around teaching and healing um, and casting out demons. There's been crowds following him. There's been religious leaders hassling him. Uh, He's chosen 12 disciples to be somewhere in amongst all that busyness uh, to be the new Israel. And he's ended up in someone's house. Um, uh, The house is so busy uh, and there's such a big crowd around him and he's been so busy that he's not had anything to eat for a while. And his mum and his brothers uh, find out about this. His family find out about it. What does he think he's doing? He must have gone bonkers. How could anything be more important than eating? You can hear your mum saying it. He's missing out on his greens. Um, Uh, They uh, go and they try and sort him out. And you'll read in verse 21, uh, it says they've gone to take charge of him, take charge of Jesus, because they think he's gone out of his mind. They think that he is mad. Rejecting who Jesus really is, is what? Really, really mad. Because it keeps us outside of what? The second group of people who get Jesus all wrong are the teachers of the law. Uh, This group have been slowly growing to hate Jesus. He's saying all sorts of things and doing all sorts of things that are upsetting them. And they were looking for ways to get rid of him. Um, As we've seen in Mark's Gospel so far, Jesus has been casting out demons. Um, He's been helping people who are under the total control of evil. And Jesus has been doing a pretty good job of it so far. But the teachers of the law see a chance to say some really bad stuff about him. Uh, They say in verse 22 things that are totally wrong. He's possessed by Beelzebub. That's the devil. By the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. They think he's really bad. But they've got him all wrong. Rejecting who Jesus really is, is... Because it keeps you outside of what? God's family. And Jesus very quickly puts them right. 
And uh, he uh, says, you're wrong, you're daft, he says. Countries don't fight against themselves, verse 24. Households that attack themselves, well, they won't last very long, verse 25. And if the devil is beating up his own demons, then he's going to come to an end pretty quick, verse 26. In fact, verse 27, uh, the only way to beat a strong man like the devil is for someone stronger to turn up and tie him up. And then you can take control over his house. It's just silly to think that Jesus is somebody, uh, is the devil fighting himself. Actually, the only logical conclusion to all of this uh, that's going on is that Jesus somehow, amazingly, brilliantly, is stronger than the devil. Uh, And that's the only sensible explanation. And then Jesus gets really serious. And he gives them and us a, a really big warning. Just have a look again at verses 28 to 30. I'll read them for you. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of the eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Rejecting who Jesus really is, is what? Because it keeps you outside of what? But you know what? Rejecting who Jesus really is, is very easy to do. It's very easy to do. Just think about it. Uh, When what Jesus is really like doesn't suit you for some reason, do you try and force him to be something that he's not? Uh, It's like that we make Jesus wear hats, uh, hats that he's not meant to wear. Let me give you some examples. Do you ever think uh, that Jesus is just um, a bit silly? Uh, He's just a jester. Um, I suppose this is what his mum and brothers were thinking. They were thinking he's gone mad. You can't expect us to believe that. What are you saying that? No way. You've got to be off your head. You're bonkers. Do we ever make Jesus into someone who's just a bit silly? Um, Or maybe uh, Jesus is somebody you find a little bit uncomfortable because of the people he mixes with. Those prostitutes and tax collectors and nasty people. Uh, The fact that he says to us, listen, do you know you're supposed to go and mix with them too? People who aren't like you. In fact, you're supposed to love your enemies, he says. And so we make Jesus into, that makes it a bit easier if we make him into just a teacher. They don't wear these teachers anymore these days, but it's the closest I could get to what a teacher wears. Um, And so uh, Jesus teaches us on a Sunday. We learn all about him. We take in all that knowledge. But when it comes to Monday... Well, when it comes to school and work, we don't really have to do what he says. He's just a teacher who's giving us knowledge. Or maybe you are someone who thinks that when Jesus says, I am the only way to come to God, that that's a little bit awkward. A little bit awkward. Particularly today, it's something we can often find awkward. And so we make Jesus into just a a great guy. He's just a cool bloke who helps everyone. You know, Jesus is uh, he, he's out on street pastors and doing the soup kitchen as well. Um, he just does good stuff, but he doesn't rock the boat and say, I'm the only way to get to God. No, no, he's just a great guy, a bit of a sort of social worker, if you like. Or maybe you're poorly, or somebody in your family is ill, or there's uh, something in your life that needs fixing. <clears throat> be great if Jesus was just a doctor wouldn't it he could come and mend all those things Uh, Jesus uh, may have some big heart changes that he wants to do on the outside on the inside but actually you'd rather he was just sorting out your outside and fixing your life thank you very much do we make Jesus into a bit of a doctor sometimes or this is one of my favorite hats 
Do we make Jesus a banker? Again, they probably don't. Well, they still do some of them in London. I've seen them wandering around wearing these. Um, uh, so we are people who, well, we do good stuff all the time. You know, we, we, we um, help people. Um, we give people money and our time. Uh, we try really, really hard to become just like Jesus. And so Jesus owes us something. You know, we put lots of stuff in the Jesus bank, so we expect something back from Jesus. Jesus is just a banker. Or, finally, sadly... And this does happen quite a lot. Do we make Jesus the baddie? Do we make Jesus the enemy? Jesus is somebody who's bad. A little bit like those teachers of the law said. He's doing stuff which is just totally wrong and evil. Uh, If you think Jesus is like this, you've got him all wrong. Uh, Rejecting who Jesus really is, is... uh, uh, Because it keeps us outside of what? You can't put Jesus in a box. You don't ever want to do that. Uh, You don't tell Jesus who he is. He's a a banker or somebody who's wrong. Jesus is who he is. He's who he says he is. So get all those hats and stick them in the bin. And let's get our Bibles open, step into these carefully preserved pages of true history and learn from the mistakes of the people back then and see who Jesus really is. Right the way back in uh, verse 1 of chapter 1 of Mark's Gospel, we get the biggest spoiler ever. Uh, He says this, In the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah, God's chosen King, the Son of God. He's not mad. He's God's chosen King. Um, And all those things that he's doing, the crowds coming around, the authority that he seems to have, the new things that are going on when Jesus turns up prove that that's the case. Um, uh, it starts to make it clear. Or, or what about the uh, healing and the, um, uh, the, the casting out of demons um, and all the people who follow him? Uh, well, that sort of begins to prove that he's, he's, not, he's not bad. He really is who he says he was. He's the son of God. He's not mad. He's not bad. He's God's chosen king, the son of God. Which brings us back to that family we talked about earlier on. He's the son. He's the son in the family. At his baptism in chapter 1, God said very, very clearly, this is my son whom I love. Jesus is big brother in the best family ever. Uh, And the thing that makes him more than just a teacher or more than just a healer, more than just a nice chap, is that he, it's in this best family ever, he always does what God wants. Did you notice? That's the uh, thing that Jesus says everyone in God's family should be like. Look at the last verse, verse 35. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. If I'm honest, I find that really hard. Um, Sometimes I read my Bible and uh, I listen to what Jesus tells me God's plans are and I don't like it very much. Um, uh, Sometimes I just sort of try and put my fingers in the ears. La, 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 la. Don't listen. Want to think about something else. Sometimes I do like uh, teachers of the law and Jesus' family did. And I pretend that Jesus is someone else. I make him wear hats. Either he's just mad at the moment, he's bad at the moment, or something else. Rejecting who Jesus really is, is what? Really, really bad. Because it keeps us outside of what? And when I start to reject who Jesus really is, I've just got to stop, take a deep breath, remember the serious warnings that we get in this passage, and come back to who Jesus tells us he is. And he tells us really clearly who he is in this passage. He's the one, verse 27, who can tie up the strong man. 
He's the one who can beat the devil, the devil who is always trying to get us to see Jesus as something that he's really not. God always promised way back in Genesis that he was going to send somebody to beat the devil, to crush the serpent. Well, here he is, his big brother Jesus. And he does so by taking his life to the cross instead of ours. So he can brilliantly say, verse 28, and we sometimes miss this because of that shocking bit that comes after it, but this is just brilliant. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter because Jesus is the best big brother ever who has done everything for little brothers and sisters like me and you. He died in our place and he came back to life to prove that we are invited to be adopted into the best family ever. And adoption is something that's hugely special. I was reading the other day, um, I think we forget how special it is to be part of this family. I was reading the other day about a young teenager, a troubled teenager, been through 29 foster homes. Um, and he said this as he looks back on his adoption. This is just a human adoption. Uh, he says, no matter how much I acted up, they said that I wasn't going anywhere. You're now part of the family and that can never be changed. They gave me my first birthday party. It's pretty straightforward, really. They care about me. I'm not going anywhere. This is my family now, my forever home. No wonder Jesus gives us such a stern warning. Getting who he is wrong is a bad thing to do. Trusting in who Jesus really is, is the way in which we become part of God's big family, get adopted, and that's that. And once we're in there, well, like Jed said, every Christian could say exactly what Jed says. Um, He says this, it's pretty straightforward. They care about me. I'm not going anywhere. This is my family now, my forever home. And when I remember that, there's only one place I want to be. Like those folks in that crowded house on that day, sitting with brothers and sisters, like we are doing this morning, listening to Jesus and working out together how to do what God wants. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us who you really were. Uh, Thank you uh, that uh, we have no excuse, uh, that Jesus is just really obvious. And yet we're really sorry that we uh, get you all wrong every now and again. In fact, quite often. Uh, Thank you that knowing who you really are is what means we can be forgiven and become part of that brilliant family of yours forever. Amen.